Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to From Busy to Rich, the podcast designed to inspire advisors like you to increase your profitability and your quality of life. I'm your host, Andy Traub. Welcome back. As always, we're joined by Wes Young. Wes, how are you today? Doing wonderful, Andy. How about you? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, being here. And Justin is here as well. Uh, If you're watching the video, then you can um, compliment him on his mustache. If you're not, you can just think of the dreamiest mustache and you would you would be accurate. So, Justin, how are you today? You are too kind, Andy. I'm doing well. I only speak the truth, my friend, speaking the truth. Uh, And we're also joined by Barry Cox. Barry's new uh, to the show. Um, We are blessed to have you, Barry. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Excited to be here. We are going to talk about Barry and his many entrepreneurial adventures uh, and the wisdom that he's gained from those. Uh, and uh, I know you and Wes have, um, you know, you overlap in a lot of different ways, um, personally, and professionally, and that's uh, it's going to make for a fun show. Uh, and I want to actually start, though, with you, Wes, because you know, this is, you know, we've been in this Traveling Light series. Uh, you spoke about it in front of, you know, several thousand at uh, your church and its campuses. Uh, and we've continued the conversation here. Uh, if you haven't listened to the past episodes, folks, I encourage you to go back uh, and check those out. Uh, but how does how does Barry line up with this uh, and his experiences with this traveling light idea? Yeah, so you know Barry and I have known each other for a long time. Been a part of a lot of uh, a lot of committees together, a lot of uh, projects that we work on to push things forward and um, and work have a couple businesses together. And so I've gotten a, a, a just front row seat to get to see how he thinks and works and manages a lot of complicated situations. And so when I, when we're in this series traveling light, and just as a reminder to everybody, it's kind of built around this one idea that all of us have a gap. We have a gap between where we are and where we want to be between what we see today and what could be in the future. And, and in its purest form, the gap's a really wonderful thing because it's where progress comes from. It's where faith lives. Um, it's where anticipation comes from. Uh, and, and in fact, we, we joke about it because people often say, well, can't you just be, you know, content with where you are? And what we've been talking about for the last several weeks is contentment has nothing to do with the absence of ambition. Um, in fact, if, if you don't have a bigger vision than your current today, or your, your memories exceed your dreams, we kind of think that life is really not worth that much living. It becomes super heavy. And as, as you mentioned last uh, couple of weeks ago, Andy, you, you rust out, you know, and and, and and but the the, the paradox is the opposite's true too. The opposite is that it, it, I can burn out because I can be so focused on what's next and what I'd like to do and what I want to accomplish. I'm not really enjoying the journey of where I am on my way to where I'm going. And the deal is, we're going to be in a journey for the rest of our lives, this side of eternity, to 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 try and navigate. So if we're not, we don't manage to figure out a way to have that kind of lightness to to travel light from where we are and where we want to go enjoy where we are and a way to where we're going, uh, life either becomes a never ending problem that doesn't get solved or, or again, our memories become, exceed our dreams. And, and it's just, it becomes a lethargic, uh, heavy place to live and neither one's good. So one of the things I, I love and, and I've got to observe about Barry is when it comes to traveling light and, and, and if you knew his life and he, we're going to talk a little bit about it and the businesses that he runs and, and has run in the past, uh, the last thing you would ever say about Barry is that he's going to rust out because because Barry has a bunch of big ideas. And if, and if you've got a good idea, he'll make it better. Um, and he, he has a bunch of a bunch of businesses, a bunch of uh, the, the team he's built. And um, so he he while he has a massive passion for where he wants to go, uh, 
Barry, you, you just got a you got a lightness about you that helps you travel through things that other, otherwise would just break people down. Um, and I think it's so appropriate because if you could see Barry, Barry is is not a small man. Meaning, like like uh, if you envision like and, and and not like large in an unhealthy way, but like a very if you want to go into a fight, Barry's a good guy to have with you because the fight's over before it ever starts. So when I think about traveling light, if if the first day, um, you know, if you look at pictures of Barry way back in the day when he was uh, like super skinny, hadn't really built out, and he'd go in and pick up that weight and carry it across the room, it would have been heavy. But now Barry has built up so much muscle, so much muscle that heavyweights are just lighter for him. He can just walk through the room. But Barry does that in his life, too. And I think there's a maturation and a way to do that. So, Barry, thanks for being a part of what we're doing today and look forward to diving into this conversation um, around growing a business or, or owning a job. Yeah, and I want to actually, uh, Barry, before you jump in, I, I think that one of the challenges for those listening uh, is that, you know, if you're an advisor, you are a business owner. But there's still this 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 reality that um, there are people that are maybe they're technically business owners, but they really end up owning a job. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm interested to hear. Um, and, and Wes, I'll let you ask all kinds of questions after this, but I want to be selfish and ask you the first question, Barry, which is: um, It seems to me like there are certain people in this world, and you would be one of them, that have this wiring. And maybe I'm wrong, but have this wiring. We're born this way, yada yada. That they just are good at building businesses. And then there's others who just can't seem to get out of the owning a job sort of situation that they literally don't know how to not end up, oh, I'm not gonna work for someone else, but I'm, then you end up building a job for yourself. You're, you're not a business mm-hmm. owner. So my question for you is, is can, it be, can you learn to be a business owner? Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think that's, you know, absolutely possible. I think, uh, you know, I often, you know, tell people there's like, most of the time in business, there's not a right answer, right? There's a set of right answers. And, you know, any one of these right answers can take you down a path that are going to lead you to a better spot. And so I think similarly, you know, there's there's not a right answer to say, this is how you like turn into a business owner. This is what you need to do to figure it out. But, you know, I, I do think there are a set of things that, you know, you've got to decide early on. Uh, you know, most of the time that the like dream of entrepreneurship or I don't want to work for somebody else, you know, starts with this. Like, I just don't want to, I don't want to be an employee or I right. don't want the effort, the amount of effort I'm putting into something to not get multiplied into something bigger. Like if yeah. I'm going to go work 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week, for somebody else and I'm building somebody else's business, I want that effort to multiply for me. Um, you know, sometimes it's a little more cynical than that. It's like, I don't want to work for the man or I don't want to, you know, be <laughs> but, you know, yeah. similar versions of the same thing, right? I want my effort to multiply for me. I want it to benefit me in some kind of accrued way over time. And that's yeah. most people's journey. And so I think, uh, and but what happens is you get, you start, especially when you're starting, and you're a solopreneur and you're just you're you're kind of overwhelmed like you don't have the infrastructure you don't have support staff you don't have help you're looking at not only the basic aspects of like how do i function in this job but now i'm responsible for marketing and comms and finances and accounting and you know all this stuff yeah, and like, suddenly and suddenly that last situation is like oh i i get why it was easier that way i get why a lot of people don't do this i want to i want to actually tell folks real quick so Barry, you, you have uh, you're you're a resident of the proud state of Texas. Uh, 
um, uh, which a few people are moving there right now. Um, and <laughs> a few. Um, and, you know, you have started, launched, and exited over a dozen different businesses. Uh, and you're not into your 90s yet, from what I can tell. Um, and, you know, you, your businesses have generated millions in revenue. Uh, you've built teams of over 100 people. Um, and now you actually have four different e-commerce businesses, run a management and consultancy, um, you know, helping other businesses scale and grow faster, because obviously you know how to do that. Um, and you're still married to your wife uh, and, and your kids still love you. Uh, and I don't even say that jokingly, like a lot of people have to do one or the other and you've been able to do both. So congratulations. Uh, and so with that, you know, resume, um, what, what do you think has been, and then I'll let you go, Wes, I'm being selfish here, but what do you think has been the difference maker for you that has allowed you to, um, the, you know, like what's, what do you, what do you feel like has been your secret, um, to be able to build, because a lot of people want to build one, you, you, you built and exited several. So what, what's the secret to, to, to going in that direction? You know, I, I, there, there's a couple of facets of it for me. I would say there's a couple unhealthy facets for me, you know, and, and likely are for a lot of people. You know, when I started out, it was, uh, you know, wanting to prove myself to my father. And then it was wanting to generate some level of personal financial freedom. Uh, neither of those, you know, are necessarily wrong, but they were, uh, you know, not always with like the most altruistic, healthy, you know, emotional motivation. Uh, as I've done it more and, and had some successes and had definitely had a ton of learnings along the way, you know, now it's more about people. It's about problem solving. It's about building a legacy. Uh, you know, it's kind of shifted from like the kind of immediate personal pains or the immediate personal uh, emotional motivations to, you know, something a little bigger for me. Uh, I also am, I am, I am sort of struck with the sickness of like, I love building products. I love solving problems. I tend to look at the world through a filter of like, I can make that better or I can solve that problem. And, and that, you know, that's probably a little bit more intrinsic, although I, I do think that can be trained into people as well. Um, so I definitely have that like bug of I like to build things. Um, I, you know, an Enneagram eight and um, largely, uh, you know, motivated by success, but more so as like a uh, protector, um, take care of people, empathetic. And so I, I think a lot of that is in me to like, you know, want to build things, want to protect, you know, want to protect, want to provide for people. Um so anyway, that's that's been the that's been the journey for me, the motivation for me along the way. Um, I'd say I spent probably my twenties in the unhealthy state of like I'm going to prove myself and you know reach some level of financial you know success stability, and then gradually started shifting as you you know have some harder uh, life lessons learned, some harder business lessons learned. You realize it's about the people, this journey, you know, building a legacy. You know, it kind of shifts, and I think a lot of people get to that shift, and you know, certainly I have. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Wes. No, I, I love that. I think that's one of the things I was thinking about when we were doing getting ready to do this uh, particular podcast in the Traveling Light series. Um, when I was thinking a lot about these words, because you and I have had long discussions in a variety of different ways around this the, these ideas, different words, but around you know whether am I growing a business or am I <laughs> working a job? You know, am I am I growing a business uh, or owning a job? And and I just for a second, if you there's lots of slices to that, but I'd just love you to, you know, pontificate a little bit on that and talk about uh, your your views there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I do. I think a lot of entrepreneurs back into owning a job. You know, it's like, I, you know, as I said earlier, you know, I don't want to work for the man or I want to multiply my own efforts, you know, for myself. But what I end up doing is I, I take this job that I know how to do or I'm going to figure out how to do. And uh, so much of my energy goes into survival. I've taken on all these kind of ancillary business functions in addition to doing this like core job that I set out to do. And it's like, I can't see the forest for the trees. I'm exhausted. My to-do list is always going. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of ways to say it. Like, are you working on the business or working in the business? Like, you, you know, you can, there's you know been plenty of business books that have sliced this a bunch of different ways. But uh, at some point you have to like elevate beyond yourself, right? You know, otherwise you just end up owning your your job, right? You if if you can't go on vacation and your business keeps making money, you know, you own your job. If you, you know, can't take, you know, a week off because you're sick and your business stops making money, you own a job, right? If if your business growth is linearly tied to the effort that you personally put into it, you own your job, right? It's like if you haven't created some mechanisms, some systems, put people around you or resources around you that can help you multiply your efforts, uh, then, you know, you really own your job. That's great. That's great. Because I think that that really speaks to a couple different categories of people. Um, you know, this is a, a, an advisor podcast. So we're speaking to most of our listeners, not all of them. Most of our listeners are people that uh, have, have created and are, and are operating a, a financial planning company uh, at varying degrees, right? Some of them truly, it is like they, uh, they've they started, they basically own a job where the only way forward for them, if they keep doing it the way they're doing it, is to run faster and work harder. And as we know, that has a real, real success limit on it, you know? And and I think the first thing is to decide it, right? It's just to decide, hey, wh- what am I really doing here? Am I, am I growing a business or am I, do I own a job? Is Is that really what this is? I think the second level, though, because we also get a lot of advisors um, that that have really built great teams, and they have wonderful entrepreneurial people that are a part of their teams, uh, like I know you you do, uh, Barry. And those people, um, they they may not own the business necessarily, but they are minded to where they are growing the business, and they're incentivized to as we grow the business, they're going to get uh, incentivized to continue to grow it. So they're they're paid like they own it um, in, in that way, and and. The mindset is you can have people that come into the organization as you're an advisor hiring people or an entrepreneur hiring people and really thinking about that is, okay, am I growing one, the value of the business outside of myself? And and, and, and the people I'm hiring, are they minded that way? They, they want to grow a business that's behind some worthy purpose or cause, or do they just want to come in and do a job and leave? And, and you know what? There may be organizational spots for that where you just need somebody to come in that just wants to come in, check in. Do do the mechanical thing that needs to be done, and then check out. And but I I would like to speak because I know some of the people that are part of your organization, just incredible leaders, incredible thinkers, and and just talk a little bit about that 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 kind of side of things for the person who doesn't always necessarily own the company. Maybe at some point they will, but ha- does grow, want to grow a business. Sure, sure. Well, I think you know the business first of all has to start with goal alignment. You know, all the way down. You know, I've, I've given this talk to tech companies. I've, I've I've given this little speech to you know anybody in business to say if you don't have goal alignment from whether it's a stockholder, 
uh, a board, uh, you know, the boss, you, you know, single CEO, whatever, all the way down to a frontline employee. If you don't have goal alignment that, you know, from top to bottom, whatever top to bottom looks like for your organization, you are running drag on your boat. Like there is, there is some friction that is running against your organization. It doesn't necessarily mean that your, your boat's going to sink. It just means it's not running nearly as optimally as it can be when everybody, you know, has goal alignment. Everybody's rowing in the same direction. Everybody's motivated by, you know, at least aligning principles. It's seldom is everybody, you know, completely aligned in their motivations. But, uh, you know, goal alignment is just, you know, such a big thing. And even, you know, there are people that want to just come in and do a job, but there are ways that we can build goal alignment around how they do that job. Not everybody's financially motivated. Some people are, you know, uh, you know, whether it's praise, whether it's freedom, whether it's responsibility in their job, like there's all kinds of ways that we can build alignment so that everybody in the organization feels, you know, motivated, understands what we're trying to achieve, feels like they have a stake in getting there, feels a sense of ownership for, you know, whatever their part is and likely for a greater part. You know, so I think, I think, you know, for me, it almost always starts with goal alignment. And where I see it broken for most organizations when I'm talking to another entrepreneur or business owner is that there's some breakdown in goal alignment. And especially I feel like with uh, you know smaller organizations where you have an owner CEO who's maybe responsible for like 80% of the output of an organization and you're trying to figure out how to break that, right? You're trying to, you would, you would like your organization to be moving big enough that you're 50% or 40% or 30% as your organization's growing. If you can't solve this goal alignment equation, nobody else is going to want to work as hard as you're working to just make you more money. Like Wes, you at some you think, point you have to figure this out. Wes, don't you think that's that's where most advisors get stuck where they try to go, okay, I know I can't do a hundred. I'm going to bring on someone that does 20 or 30, but then they just get stuck there. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And, and to Barry's point that one of the things organizationally that we did early on was decide what are we trying to do here? Are, are we helping people increase their profitability and quality of life? What are the ways that we can do that? What are the processes we use? And eventually, w- when we would hire people, we hire to that objective. And, and we would hire team members that want to grow in that direction. And, and as we continue to add people, one of the things that you get, you get to a point and, you know, J- Justin's on the, on this with us and, and can speak to this. Also, uh, Cody, who's a part of our organization, Preston, they all have frontline advise, lead advisor responsibility. Whereas I find the breakdown organizationally a lot of times is they build to a certain point and then, but it's all to support one engine that's out there with the main lead advisor responsibility. And, and, and that's just not a healthy, sustainable model long term, because, you, again, you limit your growth and, and you, you hit a you hit a cap if you continue to do that. But um, just what you want to speak to your experience with this this idea. Yeah, let me actually hone in there a little bit, uh, Wes, to make sure I'm, I'm understanding the question. It sounds to me like the difference between getting out of the 80 percent where you're doing everything is just diversifying how many different people can provide the service. So, for instance, if you're a pizza shop owner and the only, you're the only person who knows how to make the pizza. And you want to go on vacation, pizza shops closed, right? right. But the diversification, uh, and I say that funny because these friends of mine own a pizza shop here in town in Tennessee, and they take vacations all the time. And I think they're just like the simplest example of like, obviously, they've taught other people to make pizzas because they go on vacation all the time, right? Sure. But uh, what's true of them is also true of the advisor. So, Justin, do you see yourself, and, and you can rephrase this if you need to, West, I'm not asking it right, but do you see yourself as another owner? Do you see yourself as 
capable of doing the same stuff Wes does. So when he's gone, you're like, okay, good to know. Wes is gone, but we're going to keep rocking. Yeah, I think that's been the idea since I came on as part of the organization is to be this this replicating model, not just with Wes to to myself and to Cody, but it, to future advisors, like continue building this, um, we call it a diamond model that we follow in the sense of, of how are we continuing to evolve to where we can reach and help more people? Because each one of us realizing like there's a, a saturation point where like you start seeing diminished returns on, on what we're able to provide. Yeah, that's that's great, and and I want to I want to come back to something um, around this idea of growing growing a business or owning a job, and 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 as you're grow, healthy wise is clearly growing the business and being minded towards that and bringing people around you that want that. But but I think Barry, one of the things that it gosh, it's been years and years ago, but um, that I've seen I saw it play out before I heard you use these terms for it. But when I look at what you've built and grown and projects that you've led and how you do it and how I think it gives you just a confidence and, and, and a lightness about you as you do it is around this one idea of, um, of, of grounded optimism and, and how you, know, you can have a lot of optimism uh, and it being grounded. So if you could just speak to that, because I've seen it manifest in a lot of ways and it, it brings the temperature down. And I think it just helps everybody make better decisions and live with way fewer regrets and live a little lighter. Sure. Yeah, I think you and I've talked about this a couple different times. You know, I think, um, you know, entrepreneurs operate in a couple different buckets, typically, or, you know, business owners operate, you know, you're either like, you have this naive optimism, right? I'm just going to take over the world. I, you know, I'm building the next Facebook, you know, uh, I'm going to, you know, what would pick, you know, whatever your example is. And usually that's early, right? That's before, uh, before all the reality has smacked you around a little bit, but there's this, like, I'm just constantly going to operate from this, like, you know, naive optimism, I'll, I'll just say, or I, I really run like loaded down and pessimistic, right? It's there's always a problem. You know, even when things are going really well, I, I have a hard time finding my joy. I have a hard time counting small wins. It's just like, it just feels like a constant burden I'm running with. And then there's this idea of like, you know, that I, I use a lot of this like grounded optimism. Like I, I have confidence in myself. I have confidence in my team. Uh, I have confidence in past experience. Like we've overcome a lot. When I look back, you know, our journey is like, you know, we we see wins, we see overcoming obstacles. Um, I have, you know, belief in where we're going and a vision and a mission that we're pursuing. And so I'm kind of like, I try to stay in this like grounded place of I, I'm I'm on the uh, just north of, you know, the glass is half empty, right? I'm staying in this, yeah. you know, um, and that's, you know, I think, for me, it's it's a balancing act, right? Because it's really easy to kind of fall off the cliff and you get into this kind of negative Nancy cycle where everything's just kind of like, man, it's just, you know, it feels like it's spiraling. And then it's, you know, a little easy to be like too much of a cheerleader and your team's like, man, are you seeing the struggle I'm, you know, dealing with? Or like, I need some, uh, you know, I need some uh, validation for the journey I'm on or the weight I'm carrying, or like, I need you to acknowledge that I may need help in the role I'm in. And so I think just finding this, you know, striking this balance of, you know, you need to be optimistic. You need to believe in your vision and dream. Uh, you need to be able to vision cast to, you know, the people around you. That's how we motivate them and keep them aligned in, in what we're trying to do. But how do we keep this grounded? And I, you know, for me, it, I, I think it does, it takes a lot of weight off. Um, it keeps you in a positive mindset. I think it keeps your posture up as a leader. 
to uh, be able to see what's going on in your business. Your head's not in the sand. You're not always, you know, things aren't always falling apart. Uh, it just does a lot to posture you, um, you know, for your business, for the people around you in your business and for your customers. And, and, and I think it's a, you know, it's just a really great mindset for an entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I like that. I like it because what I've seen and observed in you when we're talking about like a, a, a next iteration or, or a next possibility that lives out there in the future uh, that's not been a part of of the run of the business so far. It's not been a part of any level of success that you've gotten created. It, it you, you have the ability to like get there and live there and what the possibilities are, but then reeling in and saying and and let's talk about the the actual things that we're working from the place we're starting from today and what we can begin to do to try and bridge that gap and and it's not an it's not like a whereas you you can do that two ways and I think you you mentioned this one is you can look at yeah but here's where we are and we've never done it before and get real negative and just like shut down the future and and while I do think you need you know certain people in your life that that see those things and and are going to bring them up but then being able to say, uh, come in and also go, yeah, but look at what we've accomplished, where we've come from that we didn't think was possible before either. Every new thing was not a part of our normal at some point. And so let's test it. And that, that's the other thing I think that in that grounded optimism, there's a bit of this might not work, but if it works, it's going to be really useful. So let, why don't we test it? Why, and I think here's a good next step forward to see if we can get it to the next iteration. So um, yeah, we often we often talk about like you know an entrepreneur should be able to reverse engineer an idea like so it's uh, instead of falling into here's all the things that are hard or here's all the things we're going to have to overcome or here's all the reasons why this won't work or here's what this could cost us instead of starting there start with okay if this is a goal I want to pursue I have this vision in the future. Uh, how would I reverse engineer? And you may not know all the pieces, but like, you know, ask the question, where do I start? What do I perceive the two to three steps beyond that to be? Like, I'm going to start to build the roadmap and I may have gaps in that roadmap because I'm going to get learnings along the way. But instead of going, man, here's all the things that I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to overcome. I'm going to say, man, what are the steps, right? You know, do I just need, you know, three new clients? Do I need, uh, you know, I need somebody to, you know, help part time on some back office things. You know, how would I begin to create time? What would my systems be? What, you know, wins do I need along the way? So that I'm kind of reverse engineering, like where I'm at now, my starting state to this state I want to be, uh, I think is a much more positive step. You know, it sounds super obvious, but I just know so many people that go to the like, well, here's the 12 reasons it won't work. Or <laughs> here's, you know, that's, here's all the money that's going to cost me to try to get there. Or, you know, yeah. man, that's going to be an extra 10 hours a week of work or whatever the the case may be instead of just saying like what would my plan be if i wanted to go after it yeah i think it's a change of um is that possible to it is possible now let's figure out how it's going to be done it's just a posture and i think that there that that's that optimism part of you know we'll figure it out well how, how are we gonna do it i don't know that yet but we'll figure it out i mean it's mm -hmm. a it's it's a it's starting from a point of belief versus skepticism uh, and again, you might call that blind optimism, but, um, you know, it's, it, it, no one really knows the future until we get there. And so let's just assume you're right until you're not right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like, you know, in our business, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, and, and Andy's a big part of, of an organization, uh, the, that he runs the elite advisor network. And a big part of all our teaching on, on all the teaching that happens in the Lead Advisor Network is getting people to just let go of their historical way of doing things. And uh, most of the people, you know, it's very common in, in the financial industry in general 
is most people really they're they're transactional product salesmen, right? Or or, or they're they're transactional money managers. They they will manage the money for you. They'll sell you insurance. They'll uh, they'll, they'll they'll they maybe they have some ideas that are helpful, but the product is what the, is the value in their exchange. Whereas what we are on a mission to do is help people like change the way they look at this business in a sense that you are the product. You are a, you are a catalyst for great ideas. You're a curator of great ideas. And you know what? There's a whole lot of ideas out there that will help people increase their profitability and quality of life that have nothing to do with that product you sell and nothing to do with the money you manage. Okay. Not that you're not going to do those things, but getting people to let go and, and, and cause they made their living. Everything was about building it, getting to where they, they've lit, they've existed in this business, maybe not happily, but they've existed in this business based on the way they've always done it. So having a, a grounded optimism to go at one time, this business was new too. And at one time, you couldn't even do it the way you're doing it now. So is it possible that there's a better, more enjoyable way forward that isn't about you you selling product, but you being the product? And so yeah. I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll add to that as a client for any, you know, advisors out there. Like, you know, I, I think I'm a target client that, you know, most advisors would be looking after. I have a, you know, uh, fairly sizable net worth and, you know, use a number of financial products and, you know, have folks that manage, you know, my resources and, uh, you know, I will say if uh, if you are only moving transa- or, or transactional products, you know, you are selling a commodity and it is easy to compare your commodity to other people who sell similar wares. And you're, you know, there's always this kind of race to the bottom analysis paralysis. I, I need to go talk to four other people that do what you do, or, you know, maybe I'm getting a nickel savings here. I'm getting a slight benefit there. Like you're just walking yourself into a commodity relationship that quite honestly is very fragile um, because I can move that for all the reasons that we switch commodity purchases. You know, my gas is cheaper if I go two blocks down the street or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, you've got to move to a strategic relationship, which is, you know, what you're describing here. And and, and the, the most value you can add is, you know, in that strategic relationship. Right. What I'm looking for when I when I'm looking for somebody in this field is somebody that you know is strategic, has you know done it before, has relationship, wants to build a relationship with me, uh, can val- you know I can validate um, uh, their ideas because that's what's valuable. Like I, they're they're bringing me things to think about. They're giving me examples of where this has worked in other people's lives. Like there's there's way more value to the discussion, the ideation, the strategy, uh, opening my eyes to you know new things that can benefit me personally or financially. You know my setup, all that has way more relational strategic value than uh, you know the commodity that you're transacting on. Yeah, and and again, I think to highlight something. Maybe your greatest gift is your ability to choose financial advisors. I, I just want to point that out. You've got a, I hear you have a great one. Um, so uh, I, all those things come true. Yeah, Justin, you are doing a great job for him. So thank you for <laughs> stepping up and being a part of that. While yeah. Wes is on vacation. Yeah, it's, um, the it's a mustache. Um, you know, I, I also want to, I would, I would assume, Barry, that another, another qualification of the advisor you want to work with as a business owner is one that views themselves as a business owner. I, I think that there is, you know, the, obviously the birds of a feather flock together, right? Uh, this, this, this idea that business owners aren't common, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of them in America. I'm grateful for that, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, but they're not, I mean, I don't know if it's one out of every thousand, one out of every, you know, it's, it's, 
and it's a different, it is a different way of thinking. It, it, is a, so, it is a mindset. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It is a different way of thinking. I, I, I think back to uh, a family I knew and, and this has played out many, many times with uh lottery winners, things like that. But I knew a family that, that, that did, that they made okay money. They came across an inheritance. Of, I think it was something like a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. And they, they, their combined income was probably a hundred thousand dollars for a year. So they got a year's income and, and oh, at once. And that money was gone in 12 months. And I think, mm-hmm. how did you spend twice as much money in one year as you usually spend? Right. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's a mindset thing. Right. And so what would you say? Uh, and maybe you've spoken this a little bit already, but, but what would you say to someone that is frustrated by their, um, their own mindset by saying, no, I, 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 I tell myself I'm a business owner, but man, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I see incremental growth. I don't see double. I don't see triple. I don't, I, I, I seem to be more just owning a job more and more and more. What what is it that they can do on a really practical level to start to break out of uh, of that mindset or the habit of as much as they're trying? It's not working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll, kind of take this two different directions. First of all, I'd say like you've got to like hit the reboot button like right now. The most, you know the biggest drag we talked about organizational drag with the lack of goal alignment, like the biggest organizational drag in your business is going to be your mindset. If you, if you are in that state, like immediately hit pause, take 48 hours off, go clear, reevaluate your, uh, your goals, um, you know, get realigned with where you want to go and where you want to be, um, and, you know, kind of flush the negative and you've got to like immediately start building up some positive thoughts. I think there's a couple, uh, a couple ways to do it. I think practicing gratitude is a great way to do it. Like a daily recognition of like being, you know, being grateful. I think that builds a joy and a positive mindset. Yeah. I think taking stock of daily wins, uh, creates a positive mindset. So being yeah. able to, at the end of the day, uh, you know, what are three things I'm grateful for? You know, even if you got to scratch and claw down to some of the smallest things that happened in your day that day, yeah. uh, and then, you know, figure out what were three wins, you know, for the, for the day. And again, they may be, they may be minor, but I think, you know, building a system and a recognition, uh, you know, of gratefulness and mindfulness and recognizing your wins, um, is important. I think uh, winning builds momentum. And so when you start to, you know, take stock of gratitude and, and, and things you're grateful for and, and wins you're getting, I think it does build momentum in your life. Uh, I think it helps combat some of that negative energy in your brain when, you know, things slow down or they're not going exactly like you want. So that's, that's one side. The other side, I think, and this is a, this is an entrepreneurial sickness is, uh, we tend to, we're always chasing the horizon. I don't know if if you've ever gone outside and tried to walk towards the horizon, you're never going to get there. It's always moving on you, right? You're never going to walk up to the horizon. It, it, it's con- But as entrepreneurs, we're chasing a goal. We're chasing a vision. We're chasing something that's not right in front of us right now. We're trying to build something. It is, by definition, a moving horizon. And we're... As a result, we're often dissatisfied because we haven't reached this horizon. Like we can logically get there that we're not going to reach the horizon. But when it comes to our business, we're dissatisfied because it's not it's not 2x. It's not 3x. It's not, you know, and I think the the mindset shift we've got to make is you should stop measuring your progress towards the horizon and start measuring your progress backwards where from where you've come from measure your progress from where you've come from not this in, invisible or this you know unobtainable horizon in the future because it just creates this like 
constant gap or this constant failure. And I'm not, this isn't uh, original Barry thinking. This is uh, from a great book called The Gap and the Gain. A guy that was a like 25-year entrepreneurial coach, worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs, probably thousands over the course of his career, and kind of came up with this system. And so I'm I'm, I'm borrowing a little bit of his language, but I, it, I, as an entrepreneur, so identified with this mindset of I'm always chasing the this horizon that I'm never going to get to. Uh, so I think both these things together, you know, work really well. You've got to rec- you've got to measure backwards, recognize that you're chasing a constantly moving horizon, and then too, I think you know, gratefulness and and and, and kind of finding daily wins, you know, builds positive momentum. Yeah, for you, you who are listening, I want to encourage you um, again. I want to kind of even simplify more what Barry was saying because I feel like I asked uh, a question, and, and the answer was: if you're going in the wrong direction, stop, 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 and evaluate, and then, um, and then you know, then turn around and find a different direction. You know, I mean that that's it's it's it, you have to, um, you have to. Stop doing the things that aren't working. And I might sound really simple. And yet there will be so many people who listen to our voices today who wake up tomorrow and do the same thing you did yesterday that didn't get you to where you wanted to go. So I, I appreciate the practical nature of that. And I think also the permission to just stop. I mean, a lot of people, it's like, uh, I'm not getting where I want to go. Okay. Pedal harder, run faster. Like, but you're in the wrong direction. You know, there's, there's, there's no way, there's no way that that's going to continue to work. You know, so you have to, you have to find a way to uh, find another way. And that means do something different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I tell young entrepreneurs all the time, like, you know, create half a day for yourself, get up, exercise, go for a walk, get outside, give yourself a moment to clear your head, you know, take, uh, you know, 60 minutes to do some journaling or list making or, you know, you know, goal realignment, and then go have coffee or lunch with a trusted advisor who can, you know, that you will, that's close enough to you to, you know, speak some truth into your life or speak affirmation into your life. Like that little half day exercise of just creating some space, exercising, getting outside for a minute, journal, jot down your thoughts, get the jumble out of your brain. You know, as entrepreneurs, we're always, the wheels are always turning upstairs. Like give yourself a second to, you know, kind of uh, uh, unload your memory, if you will, your short-term memory in your mind. Uh, and then get get in front of somebody who, you know, loves you or respects you or, you know, both enough to, you know, speak some truth into your life. So, it, you know, it can be really recharging as a business owner and an entrepreneur. Awesome. Awesome. Barry, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. I know everything you shared, everybody's going to be able to take and, and make some meaningful difference in their lives. It's all meaningful, valuable, relevant. So uh, appreciate appreciate you being on the on the show and uh, look forward to having you back. Uh, for some yeah. future. Thank you, guys. Enjoyed it. Well, we trust that you enjoyed that conversation with Barry. Barry, thanks again for being on the show. And we want to remind you that if you want to transform your business, then you should sign up for Wes's Transform University. You can find more information on that at wesyounglive.com. And as always, thanks for listening.